Hello and welcome once again to Wrestling Memories Then and Now on Pioneer 90.1 FM KSRQ. You can also check us out at RadioNorthland.org where you can listen to us live outside and beyond the FM dial. And you can also check out our past archives if you don't happen to check us out uh, while we are up. Uh, playing this live and in the moment so you can go back look at over seven listen actually and look to at over seven years of the archives that we have lined up uh, on pioneer 90.1 fm i'm glenn Broggett, along with uh, my host uh, co-host partner in crime this week all the way down in uh, texas where uh, the weather this time of year uh gets a little on gets a little off uh, it's always nice to have him down in the mobile studio mr michael mccurdy the grizzled vet himself mike how are we doing today i'm doing great man Another week of wrestling memories, and like you said, a little bipolar weather here in Texas, but I think it's kind of par for the course. We talk a lot about the weather, though, uh, recently on the show, so I'm sure our listeners are you know, pretty accustomed to uh, the temperatures in Minnesota and Texas. Yeah, yeah, the ultimate contrast, and, and we're throwing in uh, with our guest today uh, another state in the union as we get rolling. And uh, Mike, you, you booked uh, another really solid main event, who is uh, no stranger uh, to this program, and uh, definitely no stranger to yourself. Oh, most definitely, I've known this gentleman for years. Great guy, great you know man in the wrestling business, and all that. And such a great story, and such a nice guy to talk to. So you know, I've had I've interviewed him a couple times in the past, and I'm looking forward to another. Uh, Great interview with this gentleman. Oh, this guy n- never fails whenever we've had him on Wrestling Memories uh, in the past with uh, George Shire and myself. And, uh, yeah, we, we've talked about some of the stuff he's done in, in the ring as a pro wrestler, but he's also been a trainer who's trained some very notable Hall of Fame wrestlers, man. He's been all over the world. He's been uh, he's an author of books, man. He, You know, this guy, he even has some really cool hobbies. Like, we're going to probably get a few minutes to t- let him talk about some of the death trips he's been on and tell us a little bit about how he got involved with that. I mean, this guy has been involved with Hollywood. You want to talk about networking. This guy knows how to network. This guy could put on a a sports entertainment or just entertainment in general, networking 101 uh, through the years and through his many contacts. Uh, He's uh, been working uh, recently on on a project, uh, a book about his life. Uh, He's here today to share some memories and to give us an update uh, on some of the stuff he's been up to and also a a health update uh, as well. It's always such a pleasure to have him in mr bill anderson bill this is uh wrestling uh, memories then and now appearance number three uh and the third time it's a charm man because the first two, two times we've had some good fun with you but i think the third time we're going to get even better welcome back my friend well thank you very much glenn and michael you guys are great and what an intro that was i hope i can live up to that uh that uh that was fantastic uh yeah you know Life's a trip, isn't it? it uh, uh, I seem to have done a lot of different things through my life, and uh, uh, probably because uh, I have no ego is probably the main reason, and I, I'm a fan of things. I, I enjoy things, and uh, uh, I have had some recent health setbacks the last uh, eight months. I've had uh, several eye surgeries on both of my eyes uh, that have really Cause some uh, concern for me. Uh, I'm 62 years old now, so I'm not a young spring chicken anymore. And I still think like I'm 15, but reality is I'm not. And my body starts changing, and the eyes uh, are have had some difficulties. So uh, right at this stage uh, here in uh, March, I'm feeling good. My eyes are are better. Uh, not as good as they once were, but they are good enough to see and drive and do what I need to do. And I'm 
certainly not complaining, and I'm thankful uh, to the Lord above uh, for having the vision I have still. Oh, oh, oh so, most uh, definitely, and you know, and, and I, I and I follow you. Of course, we've been friends online for for many years now through through social media, and uh, you know, and, and right around the time that you were getting your your eye problems were really starting to to really uh, come to the surface uh, even more. So, was right around that time you started, uh, you know, started to work and make started announcing and started sharing more memories about the project that you were working on. You've put out books in the past that have highlighted some of the other superstars of yesterday and today, but you were actually going to put pen to paper and you were getting in and you were doing some really uh some thorough research because some of the postings kind of the uh the greeting from where you were at as far as the project were always fun and always fascinating i was just wondering uh how things are going uh with, with your, your book project i know the setbacks and stuff with, with health aside but yeah how how, how has well, that been going yeah. glenn i'm about three quarters of the way done with the book but it's it's really it's so intricate in my brain to put pen to paper to do uh, because I did so many things at, at the same time, so many, a variety of things and it's hard to document. Uh, for example, you know, I'd be, I was a ring announcer. I was working in movies. I was working in, uh, uh, well, I was raising a family. I'm, I'm, I was raising, uh, I was working on as a referee, as a ring announcer, wrestler, all in, even in the same week. So it's, it's, you know, it's hard to not confuse the reader as I'm writing, uh, as to what I'm doing when I just talked about, Oh, I was rig announcing a Hulk Hogan match against, you know, the ultimate warrior or something. And then all of a sudden, wait, now he says he was refereeing in, in Kuwait or something, you know, it's, it's just, I have to make sense of it. And it's very confusing even to me because I had my hands in everything when I lived in Los Angeles, especially. And, uh, I, I just did a variety of things. So, um, and you know, you're talking about networking. I've just, I've always loved people. Uh, I've always loved talking with people and meeting people and, uh, and being friends with people. And that's what it was all about. Again, you put your ego aside and you, uh, become a fan and you share your thoughts and talks with people. And uh, that's how I made it in Mexico. Uh, it wasn't that I spoke more than five words of Spanish. It was they saw my smile on my face. And uh, I asked the superstars of Mexican wrestling, the Lucha Libre, for their autographs. Even in the dressing room, when I was in the main event against them, I would say, hey, can you sign the cover of this magazine you're on? And they got the biggest kick out of that. And they just had nothing but respect for me after that. And uh, uh, so... You know, that's that's the name of the game was always, you know, just being respectful and friendly with people. And I, I prided myself on that my whole life. And believe me, I, I took a lot of ribbing from the wrestlers and a lot of people when I would ask to take pictures with people in the dressing room and things like that and uh, take my camera on the road uh, in a day where it really wasn't, uh, so common because we didn't have cell phones or anything like that back then should pull out your phone and take a picture. You had to pull out a camera and take pictures. And, uh, all the guys were like, Oh my God, why are you taking these pictures? And I can tell you right now, I've had lunch with superstar Billy Graham, a uh, hundred times. And I can't tell you how many times he said, brother, I wish I would have done half the photos that you did in my career in the dressing room and taking pictures with my friends 
even though he, he was more well-documented, like ring photos from all the great photographers uh, around the country, around the world, uh, I had to uh, rely a lot on myself to take pictures. And uh, uh, he says, I, I wish I would have documented my career and my life like you did. He says, I, I, I commend you for that. And at the time, though, I took a lot of revving, even for my tag team partners and my best friends would say, oh, my God, here he goes with that camera again. <laughs> but, you know, it's what I have as my memories. And uh, I kicked myself a thousand times for some of the photos I I didn't take with people. I was great friends with Ray Stevens, one of the greatest wrestlers, as you know, uh, that that ever existed. Uh, greatest showman and bump taker. And I was around him hundred times, never took a photo with Ray Stevens, never. And I, I have no idea why I, I respected him. I loved his work in the ring and what a personality he had. And, uh, and, uh, he could throw back a drink here and there. And I drank with him a couple times back in the, uh, late eighties, early nineties. And what a, what a wrestler he was and, uh, never took a photo with him. And I kicked myself a thousand times when I'm going through my photos. And I think, all the times I was around great people like Ray and, uh, and Buddy Rogers, for that matter, too. Uh, I was around him a few times and didn't take any photos. And I, I don't know why I didn't document things better. I over-documented some, didn't under-documented others. But I just had fun, you know, in my, my career. I, I really, I traveled the world. I've been to 32 countries. And uh, I, you know... Back in 2001 and 2002, uh, after the 9-11 mess in New York uh, and and Pennsylvania, I had to do something to uh, give back to my country. I was was too old to enlist in the military, probably too out of shape, too. And uh, I uh, went overseas for Armed Forces Entertainment. I wanted to entertain our troops, and I went as a ring announcer uh, to Afghanistan, uh, Uzbekistan, Kuwait, Turkey, Bahrain, uh, Egypt, and uh, I did a tour there for a month entertaining troops on the bases, and uh, that was my way of uh, giving back to my country uh, what little I could do to entertain, and we had we had soldiers in tears that were coming to see us, especially in Afghanistan. I'll never forget. Uh, I was there with Samu and big Gene Snitsky, who was working as the uh, Patriot. And we went into a tent in, in, uh, in Bahrain, uh, not in Bahrain, I'm sorry, Bagram, Bagram air base, uh, got off a, a, a C 30 cargo plane, go into a base and the soldiers are in tears saying, Oh my God, Americans are coming to visit us. And, and and it's like, you know what? We were in tears. It's like, you guys are heroes. We're, we, you know, we're just here. We're just here to do whatever we can to make your life a little bit easier. And that's the kind of stuff you do in life. You know, when you can help people. Oh gosh. So, I mean, you know, it, it just, I mean, you know, I, when I was doing some of the research, I mean, I saw some of the stuff that you did. I mean, I, the tours that you did into after one after the nine 11, and I was very curious. So this is great that you're bringing this up, uh, talking about going to these different countries and, you know, and not, not exactly going into, you know, taking the, the, uh, the Gula circuit. This is definitely uh, a little bit more when you take that international traveling approach to do, to, to the, uh, you know, to the experienced traveler and, and to maybe some of these guys that were just getting their first taste of uh, a situation that you 
which you uh, you guys travel to in, in certain occasions. Yeah, it it was it was uh, it was really intense at times. We we were in uh, uh, in um, Cairo at a uh, uh, U.S. Air Force base uh, just outside of Cairo. And from there, we spent a couple of days there entertaining the troops in uh, Cairo that were training uh, Egyptian um, pilots on how to fly helicopters, Apache helicopters. And then we we went into a base on the uh, North Sinai region of uh, Egypt. And from there, we were uh, we could literally hear gunfire coming from Israel and and uh, and uh, that area of the Middle East. This was in, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in uh, 2002. There was so much uh, <clears throat> fighting going on still in those countries, and uh, you could hear gunfire at night. We were right on the Mediterranean Sea, and uh, and from there we flew to South Sinai. And as we were flying, and we were in a USO plane, the pilot and and our, we were warned that although it says USO on our plane, and most countries would respect that there is a chance we could be shot at uh, from uh, bad people in Saudi Arabia. That was our neighboring uh, area there. And, uh, you know, you're, you're just told that that you could be shot down. And, and I'm telling you, in, in all honesty, I told my son before I left and I told my girlfriend before I left, if anything happens to me, no, I died happy because I'm doing what I can uh, to do to, to benefit my country, and I did it for my country, and I and I don't mean that like in some egotistical, uh, uh, ridiculous way of of, of self appraisal, appraisal. I'm just saying I I honestly would have been very content to have died uh, for my country and with my fellow wrestlers in an airplane because it was that intense of a uh, trip that we were on. Although we didn't personally have any gunfire or, or, or have any on us or anything like that, we were in very bad neighborhoods there. And uh, the surrounding countries were so at war with each other. There's always so much bitter uh, animosity and hatred. And when we got to the South Sinai region, we were in a, a town called Sharm el-Sheikh. Uh, again, it, that was a, uh, more of a ritzy uh, upper scale area. Uh, we stayed off base uh, to entertain the troops, and we stayed in a, honestly, it was a five-star hotel. But six weeks, I believe it was like six weeks after we left and came back to the United States, the, the area we went shopping in right in that area had uh, uh, bombings go off. Uh, people were detonating bombs, and uh, many people were killed right in the area we were shopping and uh, things like that. You know, so... It, it was not a safe area. It was very hard uh, conditions in some of the uh, camps that we were in. In uh, Uzbekistan, for instance, it was just nothing but a mud camp. And we traipsed through mud every morning to go for breakfast with the troops. And, uh, you know, you just, but it was a sacrifice. I, I didn't care about sleeping on a cold uh, tent, in a cold tent with uh, on a cot. Those are things you do for your country. And, uh, I am so thankful uh, I got to have that chance to do that in the Middle East, and then I did another uh, one-month tour in the uh, uh, in Japan, uh, Okinawa, Guam. Spent a week in South Korea at five different bases, entertaining troops uh, in South Korea, and uh, ended up at Hickam Air Force Base in Hawaii for a week. 
So it, it was, that was a little more pleasurable of a trip, but it was still intense at, at some of the locations. And uh, it was educational also. Oh, I bet. Uh, you know, it, it's not until you go to South Korea and you're on that military basis do you realize this. Now, this was, 2000 and, uh, two, this was 2001. So you, don't, you didn't realize until you were there in that time period that literally hundreds of yards away, the enemy, uh, North Korea, were still wanting to kill anybody in South Korea. And that, that intensity was brought to us uh, by our uh, uh, soldiers telling us the stories that you don't, uh, when you walk the uh, guard towers and everything, you don't make eye contact across the, uh, the area of land there. You know, and it's just, that blows you away. You're thinking, this is 2001. The, the Korean War was in the 50s. And here we are, we're still with that mentality. And uh, I didn't realize it. So it was very educational to me. Um, so, you know, that's part of life. And I'm I, so thankful. But, you know, in, in writing about all of that in a book, which is what I'm trying to work on, it's very difficult at times. Um, I think as I age, it's probably even harder uh, to apply myself to what I need to uh, put pen to paper to. And uh, I have the memories, and I've documented a lot, most of it with photos to back up my memories. If I'm lacking in something, I can look back and remember who was on my tour and things that were funny that happened or serious that happened. Uh, and, uh, you know, great experiences. I, I got to go on the, into uh, by the great pyramids of Giza, uh, with Samu and Malaya Hosaka and so many different great people that were on this tour with us and go through the pyramids. And, and I just, I looked at the photos. I can't even believe that was me. And then I got a chance to do that. That's once in a lifetime. Uh, you know, we've all seen the pyramids in movies and documentaries and things like that. Uh, everyone has, but to actually stand in that area, I rode a camel around the pyramids, uh, to wow. do that sort of thing. is just amazing. Oh my uh, God. That just sounds just like, man, it, you know, uh, things it, that you only get to read about. Lifetime. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll never get to do it again. And I don't even think uh, I appreciated it enough then. Although I, I thought I did then when I look back, I go, Oh my God, the things I had a chance to do, um, that was put in front of me and I could have said yes or no. I could have said, no, I'm not going to go on this tour. I'm going to stay home in my safe country here and, uh, not go through any hardships, but you just do it. You do it for the experience. You do it for your country and you, uh, you know, you, you do it for life. Uh, you have to be alive. Oh, for which sure. Is what I'm trying to do now. <laughs> that's the things I do now to stay alive and keep myself active. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I honestly, uh, tell your listeners, I'm not so into wrestling, the current state of wrestling right now, no offense to anyone that's it's in the business. Now I just haven't followed it as much the last few years. Uh, I still have many, many, many friends that are running wrestling schools or wrestling themselves or my students that I trained are, are out there on the circuits. And that's, that's all cool and great. I love it, and I respect them. Uh, I just don't follow that part of, uh, of the business like anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, as you know, I have a kind of another hobby, which is kind of distracting me a lot from my writing because I get busy researching famous 
people uh, want to go visit their graves or uh, or famous locations or things to do. I'll tell you, yesterday, for example, I spent five hours at the Yuma Territorial Prison in Yuma, Arizona, uh, 250 miles from Phoenix. I drove down there to visit a friend and hang out with him and go to some miraculous places like the old Plank Road, a road that was built in 1915. There's just some remnants of it out in the desert that you can visit that was uh, 104 years old. That was a wooden road that went from Yuma to uh, San Diego. And I wanted to see these old things like that. And that's what fascinates me in life now, uh, as well as like the Yuma Territorial Prison that for 33 years it existed. It was one of the worst prisons in the United States uh, in the hot desert sun in the late 1800s and early 1900s until it finally was so brutal that they closed it down because the, the state just couldn't imagine the prisoners existing in that condition anymore. But they let you tour this prison uh, that's made out of just nothing but adobe. And it's just the sun just bakes on it all day long. And I went yesterday because it was only 61 degrees in Yuma, thank God. I've been there when it's 115, and it's brutal. So uh, that's the kind of things I enjoy doing now is, is uh, visiting things like that. And I got to tell you, Glenn and Michael, next Sunday, this coming Sunday, I should say, uh, is one of my bucket list things to do. I am going to Hollywood and I'm staying in the room that rock star Janis Joplin died in, in oh, 1970. That's so cool. And, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's, you know, I know it's maybe morbid to some people, but I want to, um, I want to document the room. I want to, I'm going to be doing a live Facebook video and, uh, some other videos I'm going to be doing uh, releasing for a YouTube channel I have. And I just want to experience Janice in that room. My old tag team partner in the early 70s was Chris Colt, uh, who was uh, one of the great bump takers, one of the great, he was a great map man, and, and he had a lot of showmanship in his life in the 60s and 70s. And Chris was infatuated with Janice Joplin. And now, uh, this is the closest I'm going to get actually to the spot where I mean, where she died, uh, literally the spot where her body was found, uh, in this room. I'm going to spend the night there and experience, uh, her, her there because I, most people that have stayed there have said they've felt chills come in the room and they have, uh, when you play Janis Joplin music, you get the vibes that she's there. Sometimes orbs are seen in the room. So I'm going to go through that. And that's what fascinates me. That's, that interests me beyond uh, anything. I called my son last night, and he lives in California, and I said, I'm just so pumped up. Even though I'm just coming back from Yuma and all the experience I had with the old history of the West, uh, uh, the cowboy era of our country, and here I am. I'm already thinking of Janis Joplin next Sunday. <laughs> and that's, that's the, that's the mentality I have now. I love that Plus, though, Billy. To, I love that because. I'm still trying to work on my book too, and I can't do it all. You know, I just <laughs> like, I want to do it. I want to do it. And, but I, something always comes up and just over fascinates me. And, and once I get something in my mind, I have to do it. And, you know, I just, that's what, that's what keeps me young thinking, I think.
I have, I have to think um, so uh, because you know what? You could just – a lot of people, even at your age and even younger or older, don't have those things that to look forward to. I always tell people whatever it is you can find. Well, you know, for me, it's like going to concerts and traveling, uh, you know, finding some cool stuff. out. Whatever it is that you can find, have something to look forward to. Whether, you you know, you follow wrestling or you do the, uh, the historian aspect, just have something that you can look forward to that you're pumped up for. I mean, I can feel, you know, a certain thing, you know – the way you said you you went to, to Yuma and then you're looking forward to going and spending the night where, where Janice had passed away. That's the kind of way I feel sometimes when I have concerts. I'm like, I go, just went to this great show and now I have another show coming up and I can't wait to go see that other show because there's always something kind of feeding the fire. And that that's for me, I know, is concerts. And I can definitely tell with you and, and watching your channel and seeing your photos that your, your, your curiosity uh, with these death trips, I mean, it's really kind of fun. And it's also keeping your brain going. But then again, you have a lot of things to keep the fire lit well yeah i uh you know i just uh i i just stay so busy i was joking with my son last night i was telling him i said i must be the only guy because i work a swing shift at the job i have my full-time job i said i work i i, I sleep in every morning for my uh work uh, and then on my days off i get up i get up at six or seven a.m and start driving somewhere and go somewhere and get up and and I was so exhausted when I came home last night. I, my knees were throbbing with pain, uh, but I, I was so happy that I made that commitment and uh, did that and didn't sit in my recliner and watch TV all day on Sunday, which which sometimes feels good, but I just had things I needed to do. I had bridges to see and, uh, and, and uh, fences to climb and things <laughs> to do uh, and... Uh, uh, and my friend, I can't wait to see, uh, for him to send everything. He, he had a very professional camera and videotaped a lot of things for me and, uh, and took a, uh, literally hundreds of photos, uh, inside the prison and, uh, and elsewhere, the things that we did. Uh, and that's just, uh, it just made me so happy. I, I thanked him a hundred times as we were saying goodbye last night, saying just like, thanks for having the passion in your life that I have because that motivates me is when I'm around people that want to experience things and, uh, uh, and, and travel. And, you know, when I was a young boy growing up in Detroit, uh, my mom, uh, God bless her. She passed away in 93 and, uh, but she instilled in me a sense of, uh, adventure and travel. And I have always, uh, um, had, even a thousand times more respect for her for that instilling that in me uh to want to go visit places every summer when i lived in detroit as a excuse me as a child um when i'm saying five six seven eight nine all the way to like maybe 12 years old every summer when school was out we would take a trip one year we went to washington dc and just it all by car we didn't fly anywhere we drove one year she drove me, we drove all the way down to Mardi Gras. The only time I've ever been in New Orleans in my life uh, was in probably 60, 1968. I wanted to go back. Uh, here, here I am, uh, you know, 50 years later, 51 years later, and I've never been back, and that's still on my bucket list to do. But we would go different places. One year we would go to Kitty Hawk and see where the Wright brothers flew their the first plane, or we would go to... Uh, uh, Cape Canaveral in Florida and see where the, the rocket ships were taken off. 
And every year she instilled that in me, like, let's get out and travel and travel and travel. And uh, years later, that really paid off as, uh, as wrestling came into my life in uh, the early 1970s. I was not afraid of being in the car for three and four and 500 mile trips and thousand mile trips. I've driven from LA to Chicago for shows. I have uh, driven all over this country and, uh, uh, you know, and, and thank God she instilled that in me as a, as a youngster that uh, now people, even now at where I work, they say, aren't you flying to LA to visit your son? I said, I've never flown to LA to visit my son. I want to drive. I want to experience the road. I want to experience what the mountains, everything. I don't want to be above it all. I want to be in it. I want to see it as it goes uh, right down the highway. And I said, I want my car to, when I'm there, I want to go on a spur of the moment. If something uh, comes up, I want to go there and visit that and not be pinned down by not having a car or depending on other people's car. I want my car to do what I need to do. And, uh, you know, that's, that's life. That's, that's exactly. Absolutely. I totally can. I, I just, I'm totally listening and I'm agreeing with you. You know, I'm going to switch over down, down to Texas. We're going to head in his mobile studio waiting to go. We're going to tab Mike McCurdy into the conversation, Bill. Uh, Mike, are you ready to go with some questions? We've, we've taken quite the odyssey so far here on wrestling memories then and now. Oh yeah, I got some questions, man. But I've been enjoying this, just listening to Bill talk and all that. <laughs> and Bill, I'm going to tell you this: I'm looking forward to Sunday because when I heard you were going to be in the hotel room where Janice died, yeah. I want to see that. I am a huge yeah, Janice yeah. fan. I wanted to talk with you about that. I think that's going to be absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's weird as I want to see that room. Yeah, Sunday evening, I'm going to document it, and if I do it the right way, I'm not only the room. I'm going to uh, take you down that hallway. Uh, she was in room 105 of the Highland Gardens Hotel. It used to be the Landmark Motor Inn. And uh, two two rooms down the hallway are famous uh, rock rooms, too, rock star rooms. Uh, one, my, uh, uh, Jim Morrison from The Doors stayed there several times, and they have a plaque on that door uh, uh, for a monument for him. And also down the road is a, a room where Paul Kantner from the uh, – Jefferson Airplane used to stay quite frequently. And uh, as I researched that hotel, I found out Joe Cocker, one of my other uh, all-time favorite singers that just passed away uh, a year or two ago. Uh, Joe Cocker stayed there, and many rock bands through the years stayed there. And I'm going to document uh, the hallways and the swimming pool area. and But mainly I'm focusing on Janice's room. Uh, and uh, see if I can pick up any spirits in there, uh, all in a positive way, nothing negative. There's no Ouija boards. I'm not trying to summon demons or anything like that. It's just out of respect uh, for a legendary singer that just had a tragic life that uh, that ended at 27. Um, you know, she was uh, very much abused through life, um, and... Uh, she consoled her way the only way she felt she knew how, which was through alcohol and drugs. And it's very sad. Um, not unlike a lot of people even today and, and a lot of former uh, great people too, that have passed away because of that, you know, Elvis Presley at 42, how ridiculous, uh, the guy that had it all, you know, and I've been through Graceland mansion on a tour with Louis Spicoli back in 1989. Uh, you know, so, Part of this traveling stuff, is, it's been in me my whole life, but this fascination with uh, 
you know, a lot of celebrity deaths and things have uh, really been with me for a long time uh, as I think about it. I got to give you credit though, man, that you, you talk about, you like to drive to LA to see your son. I did that drive coming from California out here to Texas. It's hot. (laughs) Yeah. I don't recommend it. I refer to, I hate to say this. I refer to Phoenix as like the seventh level of hell because it was 110 (laughs) degrees the entire time we were there. It's just hot. I give you credit for one to drive that man. Cause most people are going to be like, Oh my God. Yeah. There's times where we go 60 days in a row in triple digits, you know, (laughs) but uh, we enjoy our winters, you know, right now it's, it's in the fifties, sixties every day. If it gets up to 75 right now, it's, it's amazing. So we've had some, tremendous weather and when i went to yuma yesterday and spent the day we were commenting all day what it could not be a better day at 60 degrees in yuma who is normally 115 to 120 every day in the summer and so i picked a great day to go there and enjoy uh that uh but uh yeah michael yeah next uh next sunday is janice joplin i'm going to do a live thing on facebook and uh uh and let it go for as long as there's interest, uh, as long as I'm not sitting there looking at myself in a, in, uh, on the uh, camera there and uh, by myself, but uh, it's, it's going to be of uh, great interest to me. It's a, it has definitely been on my bucket list. I have a lot of things I want to do and see uh, many hundreds and hundreds of things, but there's certain things that are the top echelon and staying in her room is one of them. And, uh, uh, it, that's, that's a, it's a fascinating, uh, bucket list item for me to, to do that I put off for many years. And I told my son the, uh, couple weeks ago, we were in Hollywood and I said, you know what, this has been put off way too long. And I sometimes get into a procrastination mood. And I said, I just got to do this. And I stopped at the hotel uh, as we were driving right by it, coincidentally going to another location. And I said, there's the hotel. I'm going in and talking to the front desk clerk and let's get this rolling right now. And I did. And, uh, so it, uh, it's a done deal. And, um, I'm just pumped beyond, uh, pumped, uh, <laughs> for that. So, you know, in my world that, that it's a big thing. Maybe a lot of people would rather be watching a basketball game or something like that. I don't even, I didn't, now that I think about it, I don't even remember seeing a TV. I walked into the room Last Sunday, I didn't even look and see if there was a TV in the room. I'm sure there is, but it's of little interest to me. I want to just uh, be there to document and uh, videotape and take photos and that sort of thing. And hang out with my friends like you, like uh, via uh, Facebook Live. Uh, so that that's going to be a fun thing, too, uh, reconnect with a lot of people. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that, and I'm sure Glenn and I will share the uh, the links and all that on our, our social media pages so our listeners, if they're interested, can uh, – kind of take a look and see what's got going on. But um, one thing, you know, you're talking about you're working on your autobiography and all that, which I'm looking forward to reading because, you know, I have autographed copies of both of your books so far. Love them. They're mm-hmm. a great part of my library. Is there any possibility sometime of maybe a death tour book? Because you've been to a oh, lot of places. I mean, you've been to like oh, where yeah, you know, Manson, yeah. you've got, you've been to places that are tied to Charles Manson, which is another oh, yeah. fascination of mine as bizarre as that sounds. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I before I talk about the book idea, I, I just, well, it was about a year ago. I uh, did a six-hour ghost tour at David Oman's house, which is his house is on Cielo Drive, about four 
house is down from where Sharon Tate's house was. There's a new mansion that's built there. And, uh, uh, but I did a ghost tour of this house and a, a paranormal investigation. And actually, I, I wish I could have uh, seen it. I, mean, I, I saw an orb shot through one room and came around by my leg. And I saw it uh, in this house. This house is so haunted. And I did not have my camera out to videotape or anything with it. But my son's girlfriend saw it. She says, Bill, did you just see that? I said, yes, I saw that go from one room and curve around into the doorway. And I was going into a bathroom in another room and it curved right around my leg and went right in and shot into the wall. And I, this house is so haunted and it's all, uh, they believe a lot of our spirits of, of, uh, either Sharon Tate or, uh, or Roman, uh, sorry, the uh, other members of the death folks that were there, uh, Stephen Parent or Wojtek Farkowski or Abigail Folger, uh, you know, or the, you know, they think it's those people that are there uh, from that street on that night uh, in uh, 69. And uh, it's, so oh, I am working on a book. Uh, and that's another thing that distracts me from my autobiography because, you know, I go, I'm going from talking wrestling, I'm talking this to talking about, actor Salminio's death site in Hollywood where he was stabbed and uh, in 1976 and I'm thinking of those things and I'm and I get distracted and I write a little bit about this and then I write a little bit about that but I want to do a book uh and really uh document the graves that I've been to whether it's Marilyn Monroe's crypt or Dean Martin's crypt or uh Farrah Fawcett's grave or the Black Dahlia's grave up in Oakland I went to or Joe DiMaggio up in San Francisco his beautiful uh, uh, grave and Wyatt Earp. Um, you know, so I have a lot of, uh, ideas for a book like that, that I want to do definitely a book on death tours. Uh, I've been to so many completely fascinating places, you know, tombstone, uh, in, in Southern, uh, Arizona is one of the great historic Western towns. And, uh, I have done a lot of things down there and, uh, uh, just I've interviewed people. I've talked with people down there and I have a lot of things to write about, uh, and things like this Janice Joplin room or the things I did yesterday at territorial prison. I think people will find fascinating, uh, uh, the travels and the, and the photos that go with it and everything. So I am working on that, Mike, uh, to, to answer your question. I, it's, it's just I get caught up in, in life, you know. Uh, I do still work a job. I work a 40-hour job, uh, a week job, and uh, and then I include my travels on everything else I do. Plus, I have to uh, rest my, my aching wrestling knees. I feel like Terry Funk. Uh, uh, my knees are always hurting, and uh, so my brain tells me to do something, and my knees tell me not to. Uh, so, but I, I still want to get out there. And then I guess the last eight months I've had the eye problem. So sometimes that put, set me back. Uh, I, I went uh, almost two months and didn't travel anywhere last, uh, June and July because of my eyes were so bad. Uh, and I was actually told I had, uh, they put gas bubbles in my eye, uh, to, uh, help it heal. Uh, there was inserted in there to like put pressure on the the spots where they were, uh, did the, uh, stitches and the sewing so that, uh, I could not travel because these bubbles 
would explode in if I went into uh, high uh, altitudes through mountains and things like that. So I was actually told until they dissolved not to travel really out of Phoenix. Uh, and uh, so uh, I was kind of uh, homebound uh, besides work uh, and uh, I didn't get to do the, a lot of things I wanted to do. And uh, it was, it was eating me up, uh, killing me that I couldn't go anywhere. Uh, that was, that was as bad as death to me, uh, not being able to get out of my car and, and drive and visit things. So once that kind of healed up a little bit, I got out and started doing things again and, uh, and, uh, back at it now, uh, full bore because my eyes, I haven't had any more problems recently. Uh, I had two retina tears, uh, I'm sorry, two detachments, one retina tear, and I've had, uh, 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 laser surgery done uh, twice too. So I just had all kinds of things going on that have preoccupied me from books and my passion. Well, you know, I'm glad to hear you're on the mend and, uh, you know, things are getting well, your eyes are getting better and all that. Cause part of the interest that I think people have in, you know, not just the death tours, but some of the stuff, you know, the stuff you've done in wrestling training lot is not just the subject, but your enthusiasm for it. Sometimes a person's enthusiasm will entertain a listener or a viewer or a reader just as much as the actual subject and maybe even more. And that might attract people to a subject based on that person's right. enthusiasm. And you are very enthusiastic about these, not just the death tours, but just life in general. Right. Well, you know, thanks Mike. I appreciate that. And, and one thing I just, you know, it's been brought up to me several times. I've had people that were wrestling fans ask me, uh, in fact, the, the, the man I was with yesterday, a gentleman named Felipe, uh, I worked with him at a job 10 years ago here in Phoenix, and he we since have both moved on to different places. He lives in Yuma now, not out in Phoenix. He asked me 10 years ago, he says, he, he, he says, Bill, you wrestled for nearly 30 years. Did you think of that as work? Was that a job to you? And I never really was asked that question before, and I thought about it. And I says, you know what? I don't think it felt like work to me. I I literally would drive 300 miles and sometimes get a $25 payoff and then turn around and drive back home and loved every minute of it, loved every single minute of it. I had a, usually had a car full of my friends that were my, my, either my students or great wrestling traveling companions, whether it was Louis Spicoli or Ricky Ataki or different, different guys in the business. And I loved every minute of it. We enjoyed each other's company. We laughed, we cried, we had fun. We endured whether it was cold, whether it was hot, whether we were hungry, whether we couldn't find a pay phone to call home and let our loved ones know we were still alive out on the road for three and four days. I loved every minute of it. And that, um, that wasn't work to me in those days. It was a passion and it was love absolute love for the business and uh, everything I did. And I believe me, I traveled sometimes hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles for very little pay. Uh, a lot of people might think that was stupid, but I never questioned it. Honestly, I, I did what I did my job and I loved, well, say my job, I did, did what I did. And it was my passion. It was, it was everything to me. It was fulfilling my dream from when I was 17 years old. 
or maybe even 16, I guess. I, I uh, seeing John Tolis and Fred Blassie on TV. And I said, right then, I want to be a wrestler. And little did I know, to, uh, 10 years later, I'd be wrestling John Tolis. And we'd become best of friends. And I talked to him just literally a few days before he'd passed away. And, and we became friends for a long, 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 long time. And what a great man John Tolis was. But those were the things that I wanted to fulfill in my life and, and, uh, and uh, as, as a teenager. And I got to do all of that. I, as I joke with superstar Billy Graham, I never wrestled at Madison Square Garden in New, in New York. But I sure as hell main evented in Madison Square Garden in Phoenix. <laughs> and that's all I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to do. Everything else was icing on the cake. Uh, when I was in Phoenix, I wrestling at that building, this venue that was built in like 1932 by Jim Lundos, one of the great wrestlers. You know, it, that was where my passions was uh, attaining those goals, seeing those things and wrestling in those buildings. Um uh, I never, I never cared about Madison Square Garden in New York. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, I never thought I'd ever be in Japan, and yet I did five one-month tours of wrestling for uh, at Sushi Onita's FMW promotion in the early '90s. I that was all icing on the cake, all of it. Uh, I had simple dreams, and that makes me appreciate things that much more with everything I accomplished through the life I've had uh, of my wrestling career and my after wrestling life. And, uh, so, you know, it's just a matter of, uh, having dreams and, and, uh, keeping yourself busy and mo- motivated to do something. Now, during your, your time in wrestling, you've mentioned this a lot and you've mentioned one name specifically a couple of times. Uh, you made a lot of friends and you've remembered these, you know, your fallen friends in your books and all that. But I'd like to talk a little bit about your your friendship with superstar Billy Graham. I've had a chance to meet Billy at CAC, oh God, what was it, 2009, 2010, which kind of led to a very interesting weekend with the Iron Sheik at the CAC, I might add. Thank you, uh, <laughs> superstar, for that. But uh, <laughs> uh, um, if you don't mind, Bill, could you tell us a little bit just kind of about your, your friendship with Billy Graham? Because I think, unfortunately, <laughs> Billy kind of has a – some people have a negative light of him as outside right. of wrestling now. And I don't think that's right. fair because I have nothing but respect well, for the man. And he treated me well the time I met him. Yeah. I, I have a very solid, honest relationship with Billy. Uh, you know, we call a spade a spade with each other. Uh, if, uh, if something he doesn't like, I say he'll, he'll call me on it. And I do the same with him. And, uh, I, uh, I tell you this the little backstory in 1996, I I've known Billy off and on through many years. And I first saw him live wrestling at the Chicago amphitheater in 1973. Uh, I was visiting my sister living in Chicago and I went down and saw a superstar walked on the aisle and I was so impressed. And in the eighties, uh, I was working for WWF as he was, he, uh, and worked on shows that he was wrestling on. We weren't friends then or anything. We just very distant acquaintances. Uh, then I became a ring announcer for WWF, and he was a broadcaster sitting with either Bobby Heenan or Gorilla Monsoon or Rod Trongard or some of the great uh, uh, announcers during that time period, Jesse Ventura even. And uh, 
So I was a ring announcer, and Billy would talk there, and I'd see him at the sports arena in L.A. and things like that. And we became friends, still not great friends. But in 1996, we did a church event here in Phoenix called The Empty Ring, and Billy had rented a or Billy had uh, written a play called The Empty Ring. It was the story of what wrestlers do with their time outside of ring, outside of the ring, and the demons they fight outside of the ring. The meaning is the ring is not was not our enemy. The fo- the foes we had in the ring was not our enemy. It's our idle time outside of the ring, where you have time with alcohol or women or or any sort of a, a thing that be, can become a negative effect on your life and, and affect your family life. Uh, Billy wrote this play and he wanted, uh, and it was at the big, he did it at this biggest church in Phoenix at the time, Phoenix first assembly of God, a church that, um, held many, many, many thousands of people with a three tier church. It was just, it's an absolutely beautiful church. And he ended up hiring myself, uh, to wrestle Jake, the snake Roberts for this, uh, uh, this uh, play and he I did it because I'd wrestled Jake many times for WWF and I had no fear of snakes which was the main reason I was accepted as the as the the opponent for Jake uh and uh I was living in LA but uh uh Jesse Hernandez my partner at my wrestling school at the time we drove the ring over and set the ring up in a church and we performed the ceremony and did uh, did this play and at the very end, uh, unbeknownst to me, uh, and through Jake Roberts uh, helping me at the time, and this is March 3rd of 1996, uh, and Jake was extremely clean of drugs at the time, uh, and uh, he was giving his life to the Lord. Well, I accepted the Lord as my Savior, too, at that time, and I became even closer with Billy in 96. And from that time on, uh, every time I was in and out of Phoenix, we were pretty much inseparable. I would go and have dinner at Billy's house and things like that. And, uh, we'd talk on the phone constantly in 2004. I moved here, uh, at the end of 2004, back to Phoenix, uh, from my teenage years of gro- growing up here and going to high school here. And, uh, and since then I, I, I see Billy all the time and we have very intimate conversations. Uh, we share things with each other that we would never share with a, another human soul. And uh, we have laughed and cried during lunches, and we've learned to love and respect each other. And uh, uh, I know him as well as anybody. And I'm and I can't sit here and say he's not controversial, and uh, he does not become mean at sometimes over certain subjects and bitter over certain things, uh, you know. But uh, he's his own man, and. Uh, uh, I let him live with some of the things he's done and said on TVs and, and channels. And, you know, and he had a lot of uh, negative things he said about Vince through the years and Pat Patterson and, and, and many other great workers of the business. He's recounted a lot of those statements. He's been in and out of WWF's good favor for many years. Triple H is a very big fan of his, grew up being a fan of superstar Billy Graham when he was a kid. And, uh, uh, Billy is controversial any way you cut it. There's a couple things I can't talk about right now over the air because I, I don't want the, I don't want it to be a negative thing. Uh, just that to know that Billy believes in standing up for his rights 
whether he's right or wrong uh, in public opinion, he'll stand up for it and at, no matter what cost. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's, it's a bad thing. Uh, uh, you know, Martin Luther King stood up for what he believed in, too. And a lot of people did, and a lot of people still do. And Billy fights for um, what he believes in. Uh, I don't definitely do not always agree with him, and I'll tell him I cannot go along with this subject with you. And uh, there's other times I would fight to the death to defend him. Uh, and, and I've lost friends over it and I've definitely lost friends over my relationship with Billy, no doubt about it. But if he's right, he's right. And if he's wrong, he's wrong. And I don't sugarcoat it because he's my friend. Uh, you know, and, uh, I had the same conversation with Scott Teal, the new vice, uh, vice president of CAC. Uh, we, we were very, very old friends since 1975. And I, I told Scott Teal the same thing uh, a few weeks ago on a phone call uh, that, uh, you know, I, I will not protect Billy in any way, shape, or form. I will call it as I see it. And he would do the same to me and has done it. And uh, But that's that's what true friends do. You don't just lie to each other. You, you say it like it is. And uh, so... Uh, I've had a good relationship. I enjoy, uh, I just got an email from Billy two days ago and we talked quite a bit back and forth. That's actually how we communicate a lot more. Billy doesn't like the telephone. Uh, sometimes telephone's not my friend either. And, uh, so I, uh, you know, I, I probably will have lunch with one of these days of my days off, uh, with Billy. Uh, my biggest problem has been, I've been too busy, uh, and he's asked me to have lunch and we've, I've been on the road the last two weeks ago. I was in California for my days off from work, but this, this weekend, uh, I was in Yuma yesterday and, and here I am sitting with you and we always have lunch at 11 o'clock, uh, Phoenix time. That's our thing. We have our favorite Mexican restaurant. We go and literally down to the favorite table. And, uh, uh, I c- didn't even commit to one or, or even mention to Billy having lunch today because I committed with you, Glenn and Mike, to do this interview, and this was very important to me. And I want to tell you guys something. Uh, this is the first uh, wrestling interview I've done in maybe two years, uh, perhaps two years. Oh wow! A uh, year and a half. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I've been friends with you guys for a long time. And when Mike asked me uh, to do this. Uh, I have turned down a lot of interviews and I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be some egotistical guy. I'm just saying turned down a lot of things, but, um, uh, I have a lot of respect for you guys. And I, and I said, you know what, I will, I'll break my silence and start talking again. And, uh, uh, I, I felt bad when I turned things down and it's just, sometimes I'm not in the mood. I've been really having battles with my, my, uh, eyes so much, uh, over the last several months that I was feeling better now to kind of talk about things and not be so concerned about, um, as I'm talking on the phone, looking around and seeing shadows and things in my eyes and spider webs of, uh, of, uh, things that are in my eyes, uh, you know, floaters and things like that. So I'm feeling better, uh, which is allowing me to travel, which allows me to be more open and friendly, I guess, with people and, uh, talk about things. So it's, uh, it's guys like you, uh, that do professional interviews first of all in our cool guys uh that uh to me that i would uh even you know t- 
take my time and do things like this. And, uh, uh, you know, so I just want you guys to know that. Very much appreciated, uh, Bill. And, uh, Mike, the time has already come up. This is how much fun we have. We, we turn on the mic. I do the intro. I let uh, the guests do their thing, and we get in so much fun stuff. The conversation is never like we never let it get too heavy, but we never let it get too light. We find that little spot in the middle, brother, and that's when we make it happen. Send uh, both uh, Mike and uh, my regards to the superstar, and next time you, you see him. Will. We, we, we love him uh, yeah. here, man. We, we definitely, and I, I follow him on Facebook just as well. And it is uh, time for us to go for the Grizzle Bet Vet, Mike McCurdy, and for the one and only Bill Anderson. I'm Glenn Broggett. You've been listening to Wrestling Memories Then and Now.